Welcome to the Finding Sessions podcast, where I believe that having an open mind and a willingness to be honest with ourselves can open up new doors of possibility. Please join me as I share my meditative thoughts with you. Hi there. In this episode, I share some thoughts from the perspective of a type A person transitioning from career to retirement, a bit about why I retired when I did, and on discovering that my overthinking mind has had more control over me than I ever realized. I also talk about how learning to quiet my mind can be a much longer journey than expected, but for me, it's the path to achieving balance and healing. I end with a short meditation to help quiet the mind from our thoughts. So I hope you join me. If you tuned into my previous episode on being constantly wound, then you already have some sense of the way I am. Without getting into a lot of detail, it may help to briefly touch on how I came to the decision to retire a little earlier than I might have expected. Throughout most of my working career, I was fast-paced. Always go, go, go. I loved learning new things and being challenged, but if I'm being honest, I probably never quite felt I was really ever good enough. I often doubted myself. Not so much in my personal life. There, I was always up for trying new things even if I failed. Over the years, I took all kinds of classes. I played women's soccer for a couple of seasons as an adult, although I was really bad at it. And I willingly sang karaoke a number of times, knowing I had no talent for singing. And when I sing, I somehow develop dance moves like Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. But I still think I can pull a few good dance moves from time to time. I'm good at laughing at myself in these situations when I'm with close friends and family. But I didn't have this same carefree attitude with my work. I began my career at the age of 23 when I graduated from law school. And being young and new to the workforce, I was very concerned about being competent and doing a good job. And although I had some sense of inner confidence that I knew I could do anything if I put in the hard work, I never quite felt good enough or smart enough. I suppose I had a bit of imposter syndrome, a constant internal doubt about my skills, accomplishments, and perhaps a bit of a persistent fear that somehow there was a mistake in how I came to be in this situation, despite all evidence that I was succeeding. I convinced myself that my lack of confidence was my secret to success. I believed that not feeling good enough was a positive thing because it meant I worked harder in order to make sure that I didn't fail. I believed that being overprepared was always better than being just prepared enough. And there were a number of times during my career when my preparation led to success in matters where I was more prepared than the other side even when I seemed to have the weaker case. I suppose my sense of insecurity, combined with my attitude of making sure I was always fully prepared, was a bit of a blessing in the early days of my career. But perhaps it was a bit of a curse as I got older, because I became a trained overthinker. At least I think that contributed to my overthinking mind. But who really knows? My family might say I was always this way, even growing up. It's often hard to surmise what makes us the way we are, and we may be wrong in our assumptions. It's also possible that I just like learning so much that I couldn't stop my mind. As a child, I remember building a cubbyhole in my bedroom where I would read for hours on end. 
It's safe to say that my mind has been well-trained on running at high speed. Being someone who also cared about what others thought, I was always thinking about what I did or said, even after the day ended. If I felt I said something to someone that might have been a little flippant, afterward I thought about it over and over. I was always thinking about what was on my to-do list, events that were happening in the future, and anything else that came to mind. Another part of this story is that I initially tried to leave my job in 2019, when I first began to experience some neck issues, along with what I will now acknowledge was stress. But I was only gone a few short months when my boss at the time asked me to come back to help out. Feeling a little better and after some discussion, I agreed to return to help out, at first on contract, and then I ended up working for a total of almost three years after I first left. Not long after I returned, I began to have more migraines and some neck issues along with experiencing nerve damage in my left finger and part of my arm. Long story short, an MRI revealed in early 2023 that I had severe cervical stenosis, lateral and central, with spinal cord narrowing at one of my vertebrae and moderate stenosis at others. I realized I'd been ignoring the signs that my body had been trying to tell me something. For fear of making things worse, and with a plan to heal, I decided to listen to my body, and I retired last June. My plan was to fix my neck pain and set myself up so the condition wouldn't get worse. I also had plans to enjoy this new phase of life, relax and rediscover my creativity. Believing that preparation and knowledge was the key to winning, the first plan for my retirement was to fix my health. I went on a major mission focused on fixing myself. My logical mind was in control here. I knew what to do, research, understand the issues, get the right advice and follow it, and don't give up until you get better. I followed all recommended treatments and purchased all kinds of weird devices that I thought would help relieve muscle tension around my neck and shoulders. And I continued to read all of the books I enjoyed about health, longevity, and well-being while aggressively pursuing a resolution to my ailments. I was still learning to relax a little more, and I was enjoying some of the fun and creative things I planned to enjoy with my newfound time. I also began journaling and recording my thoughts. The process of journaling and thinking about mindfulness and reading all the other books I had on it gave me more knowledge to point me in the right direction. Early this year, I also completed a four-day intensive kundalini yoga training course, which I really enjoyed. All these activities aligned with the concepts of mindfulness, finding balance, relying on inner wisdom, and trying to still my busy mind, or so you would think. But now I realize that my overworking mind, that I thought only existed at my job, didn't stop when I left work. It now had a new job, to get better, and my busy mind got to work on that new job. While my neck pain did begin to improve, my self-directed efforts weren't enough. It's one thing to learn about balance and the art of not doing. It's yet another thing to actually practice it. Knowledge without really learning, without really doing anything with it, is pretty silly. Early last summer, I was beginning to practice the outward expressions of what looked like I was doing all the right things to be more mindful, but my overworking mind was doing them in overdrive. 
My mind was unwilling to give up the control it had for so long. So while I had a bit of reprieve from my thoughts from time to time, my mind was almost always consumed with my thoughts. To others, it might have looked like I was now enjoying this newfound free time. And don't get me wrong, I was. But I seemed to still be oblivious to the fact that my mind was consumed as it always had been. But in this case, it was consumed with fixing my neck and my headaches and any other issues that crop up in the mind of a woman in her 50s, which I guess is an increasingly common thing as I've been learning. On a recommendation, in August last summer, I began to see a special physical therapist who I will refer to as Brian, where I began to learn that my extremely focused approach to physical healing may not have been doing me any good. Brian had a unique multidisciplinary approach to treatment, one that I'd not experienced before. Unlike in other cases, his assessments and adjustments were very subtle, and I couldn't quite figure it out. It was rather confusing for my logical self to understand. It turned out that he taught me more about pain and the healing process for my specific situation. He taught me that although I had a clinical condition for which I might eventually need the traditional forms of therapy, the main concern at this stage was I was in a constant state of fight or flight. My sympathetic nervous system, which is responsible to respond to dangerous or stressful situations, was in overdrive and it wasn't taking a break. I was out of balance and I needed to start engaging my parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible to restore my body to a calm and composed state. This news is no surprise, because for years I was told a similar story, but I had assumed this would quickly recover after I stopped working. But even with all my learning and the enjoyable activities I was doing, it wasn't enough. My mind was constantly firing, And because my nervous system was always on the ready for any attack, my brain was in a heightened state of protective mode where anything perceived as a potential threat to my neck was translated into a pain experience. In his view, all the targeted treatments I was doing directed at my neck were perpetuating this perceived threat that my brain was sensing. His approach was the subtlest of treatments or adjustments. He also noted my breathing was shallow in my chest, which was holding the stress in my neck and shoulders. My first job was to practice abdominal breathing on a regular basis. This began the first true steps to really understanding that I had to change my entire approach to healing. And although I went there with the objective of healing my neck issues and getting better as quickly as I could, I came to discover that these sessions and what brought me here and the path that followed was a path to learning more about myself in undoing the damage I did for so many years, caused by my thinking mind. I was only able to see him for three sessions before he retired, but the last advice he gave me was that, although he said it would be difficult for me, I needed to take the time to untangle all of my past ways of thinking and doing. On his suggestion, I followed up with another therapist, and I've been meeting with her, and she's been helping me uncover more about these issues. Without getting into all of the details, so far one important message I've been getting from her 
also relates to my need to take a break from my overthinking, logical mind, to learn to not do rather than feel compelled to be doing and to be busy, to just be. Part of this practice requires breathwork and meditation, and also just sitting, just being, without judgment. I remembered that every time I had a migraine and I was lying there, all I could do was think about the pain and how frustrated I was that I was getting these so frequently and then I was mentally assessing how it impacted my life, all the things I wasn't getting done because of it, what I could do to stop it. I was in opposition to it and that opposition was perpetuating it as well because my mind was focusing on it. When you're opposing something and fixated on it for too long, it can perpetuate the pain of it. Practicing breath work and mindfulness was the key to begin a process of improving things. It sort of makes sense, even in times when someone upsets you or hurts you. It's the focus on it and the constant thought about it that perpetuates the pain of the hurt they caused. I've been working on this and it's not always easy. The progression of discovering more about myself since leaving my career has been incredible. Each little bit that I learned about myself through all the different things I was doing brought me closer to the situation I'm now in, where I'm truly learning more about myself than I've ever had before. In my case, I also learned that while I was discovering more, I was still oblivious to how much my mind controlled. Making conscious physical changes are perhaps the first step, but physically changing what you do each day toward a path of balance and well-being is ineffective if you've not engaged in the practice of stilling your mind. I now realize that when you allow yourself to be consumed with thoughts and train your mind to rely on your learning and your logic to resolve all things, you risk ignoring the most important aspects of yourself, how you feel inside, your sense of awareness and of living in the present. When thoughts fill your mind, you're no longer there. Your thoughts are not you. They're a creation of your mind that can actually distract you from the present and from your real essence. Your thoughts take you away from yourself. For those moments you're thinking, you're really not here in the moment. I'm not saying that I'm healed, but I feel I've made a breakthrough and realize that while my thinking mind sent me down the path of learning about the importance of mindfulness and it led me to the tools to try to get there, I also need to quiet that thinking mind in order to practice being mindful and aware. It's in giving yourself the permission to take the time to not do something, to just be. I've also recently discovered that the practice of not doing is actually not the same as doing nothing. Practicing not doing will lead me to becoming more present. This actually makes me feel a little better because I struggle with admitting that I didn't do something for part of the day. So I think by reframing it correctly, I can accept that not doing is really something and it's necessary. 
I know I need to keep working on this and I plan to, but I feel blessed now to have come to the realization that the knowledge I have about the value of meditation, mindfulness, relaxation, breathing exercises, and all those things that many of us hear about is much different than truly living and practicing it. So join me now for a brief meditation. This is a meditation to help calm the overthinking mind. We are not our thoughts. Our thoughts are created by our minds. But that's not us. Our thoughts are about the things in the past, things in the future, not the right now, the here. In order to calm ourselves, and take a break from our thoughts, we need to find space. Space for being here, being now. The practice to finding that space begins with learning to be, to sit still in the present, to relax. This can begin with a focus on breathing, so that's where we'll start. That space between the in and out breath is where you'll find the space to be calm, mindful, and present. Before we begin, I'll explain what we're doing. We'll start with breath work. In addition to the benefit of breathing, calming a still mind can be helped with a mantra. For this meditation, we will use a mantra that allows you to focus on the intention in this case. The intention to release your thoughts and to make space. Let's start. Find a comfortable position, maybe sitting down or lying down. First, take a long, deep breath, long and smooth, and breathe out with a sigh. Feel free to make sound on the out breath. Now take another. Now breathe in and out through your nose in long, smooth breaths. Continue to breathe this way as I describe the next breathing exercise. We're going to begin five rounds of box breathing, which I will guide you through. This involves counting to four on the in-breath, holding for four counts, counting four on the out-breath, and holding for four breaths and repeating. In the first round, I will count to guide you through, and in other rounds, I will replace the counting with the mantra using the same count time. This mantra will remind us that during the in-breath, we are breathing in the nourishing oxygen and healing thoughts and creating an opportunity for space. And in the out-breath, we're breathing out all the thoughts that fill our mind. Now, breathe in for the count of four. One, two, three, four, and hold. One, two, three, four. And breathe out for the count of four. One, two, three, four, 
and hold. One, two, three, four. If you have trouble with the count of four, just begin with a lower count that you're comfortable with and follow the same pattern. And now as you breathe in, we will replace the count with a mantra. On the in-breath, I am creating space. Hold. The out-breath, I release all thoughts. Hold. In, I am creating space. Hold. Out, I release all thoughts. Hold. In, I am creating space. Hold. Out, I release all thoughts. Hold. You can shorten this to one word on each four count in and out in the future. In breath, count four. Space. Hold. Out breath, count four. Thoughts. Hold. Now, breathe out with a sigh and return to your normal breathing that's comfortable for you through your nose. Take a moment now to be aware of your body. How does your body feel? Take note of the places where your body is touching the floor or the chair or the bed. Allow the weight of your body to sink in so you fully relax. As you continue to breathe, pay attention to your presence in this place, to your body within the space around you. Beware of the space around your body. Know in this moment you are here. You are present. You are aware of yourself, your being. You are this being that is feeling this present moment. Now, if your eyes were closed, perhaps begin to open them. Maybe you want to begin to wiggle your fingers or toes. Move your wrists a little or your ankles. Begin to bring a little movement back into your body, beginning to become more aware of your surroundings. Know that you can come back to this meditation to take a break from your thoughts, breathing out your thoughts and finding space between the pause of the in and out breaths. As you continue this practice, you will become better at it and you may choose different breathing practices or you may choose your own words for the mantra to remind you of something that's relevant to your intention. I leave you now to enjoy your day. Namaste. I will release 
this meditation as a separate episode so you can access it for any future practice. My wish for you is to live in positivity, health, and harmony. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, I invite you to follow the show, share it, and perhaps even provide a review. You can also check me out on my Instagram at The Finding Sessions.